consider the holy word of God. Amen. From the gospel according to Luke chapter number 7. Herein we are going to read verses 36 through 50. And pray that the will of the Lord would be done. That the Lord would speak to us. That we might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified the gospel according to Luke chapter 7 beginning at verse number 36 these words are recorded and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden Jesus saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence and the other owed 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. And Jesus turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came, came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Simon, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, to whom little is forgiven. The same loveth little. Jesus said unto the, excuse me, unto the woman, thy sins are forgiven. Excuse me. Say amen. Jesus said unto the woman, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? 
he said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Let the church say amen. This is a remarkable story. Simply remarkable because of the truths that are found here with this woman and how Jesus dealt with her. And so the message of the Lord today is this, forgiven of much. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Forgiven of much. Mm -hmm. uh, some of you may not know my history, my background, but I was blessed to be born into an apostolic home with a strong biblical foundation. And this has been a great blessing to me as I have matriculated into adulthood because of the craziness of the world that I was able to avoid in youth. However, like most things in life, there are two sides to every situation. The other side of that sheltered life is that a young person growing up like that might believe the fallacy that they are not by nature as bad as others who have not had such a blessed upbringing. Let the church say amen. That young person that grows up in the sheltered lifestyle must one day come to grips with the fact that they also need to be delivered from the nastiness of sin. Praise the Lord. I remember the day that I came face to face with this reality. It was almost 19 years ago. I had to come to the realization and conclusion that by nature, I was as bad as anyone and everyone else. I was no better than the heroin addict. I was no better than the thief. I was no better than the alcoholic. In reality, I was just as bad as they. Even though I may not have carried out the same sinful actions, I was just as bad. Hallelujah to Jesus. And it was this realization that led to a repentant attitude. Oh, praise our God. Everybody must get to a place of true repentance. And the only way to get there is to see the reality of sin. Tell your neighbor, you've got to see it. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. And this attitude was the beginning of my transformative experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I have learned from this experience is, again, unless one realizes how bad sin is in them, the individual will never fully come to Jesus Christ for the deliverance that they need. They'll never come because they'll never see the need to come. They'll never recognize how degradable they are. They'll never, amen, understand uh, the, 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 the terrible shape that they are in if they cannot fully realize how bad sin is in them. Praise the Lord. But this woman in our text is an example of one who came to the realization. And so there are three things that we want to uh, unearth from this text this afternoon in regards to this woman's attitude and her experience. The first thing we want to note is that this woman knew that she was a sinner. She knew it. There was no doubt in her mind. She was a sinner. 
That's the first thing we want to talk about. The second thing we want to highlight is the position that, that this woman took in relationship to Jesus. This was something that uh, was illuminated to me as the Lord allowed me to see this text. And the third thing we want to talk about is the end of her encounter, which was a result of her being loosed from sin. Praise our God. How many of you were with me in Sunday school this morning? All right, you still have those pens? Can we do some annotating? Look at verse 37. Let's start there. Don't mind if I teach just a bit and perhaps I'll preach, but definitely want to break down some of these truths, unearth some of these truths from the text about this woman. She knew she was a sinner. Look at verse 37. Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat, she, she came to where he was. Praise our God. Now, this is significant because, first of all, the woman had to drop her pride in order to come to Jesus. You know, she could have done like some people do when they find out and know they're in sin. She could have hidden from him. She could have stayed as far away from him as possible. She could have tried to leave the general vicinity and not come in close contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says when she knew that he was there, she went to him. Oh, that men and women nowadays, instead of hiding from the Lord, would open themselves and come to him. Isn't this what Jesus declared? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What do you need rest from? You need rest from your sinful life. Because how many know that sin will cause you to work yourself to death? Do I have a witness in here? This is why the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. A wage is something you receive after you have worked. Well, the Bible lets me know that the payment that you receive for sin is death. Which means that work, ha uh, sin has inherent work in it. Uh-huh. Because you receive a wage. But the wage is not equal. The wage is eternal destruction. But the gift of God. See, that's the difference. You don't work for a gift. A gift is given to you. The gift of God is what? Eternal life. Now you look at the options. You can either work for sin and get paid death or just open your arms and receive a gift and have life eternal. Which one is a better deal? I think it's life eternal. Praise our God. This woman knew she was a sinner. Did you annotate that in 37? She knew she was a sinner, but she had to drop her pride. The Bible says in, uh, I believe it is Proverbs 28 and 13, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. Do you know that there are a lot of people that are bound in sin because they don't want to acknowledge that they are sinners? But the moment they release, there will be a mighty blessing in their lives. Let the church say amen. So this woman was willing to expose herself. Now, now this is interesting because not only did she know she was a sinner, but other people knew that she was a sinner. Isn't that what Simon said? Simon, amen, thinking in himself, saying, you know, Jesus knew who this, who this woman was and what manner of woman she was. He wouldn't let her touch her, uh, let him touch her because, praise the Lord, uh, uh, this woman is defiled. She's defiled. But the blessing here is this. 
Jesus can touch an individual in sin and not be tainted by the sin. Come on now. I said Jesus can touch somebody who's in sin and not be tainted by the sin. The Bible says that he is undefiled. He is separate from sinners. In other words, sin cannot find any place in Jesus. Jesus said, the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. There's nowhere that the devil can come and take advantage over the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is powerful. And he is holy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so this holy God can stretch forth his hand in your direction and deliver you from your sin while maintaining his holiness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, that's the kind of savior we need. Come on now. We need a savior that can deliver us while maintaining his holy authority. And nobody else can do that but Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Nobody else can pull you out of the cesspool of sin and maintain his holiness but Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Jesus. And so this woman had to come acknowledging who she was. She came and she brought an alabaster box of ointment. In other words, she came to serve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was a sinner, but she came to serve. Everybody else that was there came to eat. But the sinner came to serve. There was a difference in her mentality. She wasn't coming there for the pomp and circumstance of the occasion. Like some folk come to church today. Sinners dressed up like saints. Thinking that everything's all right when everything is all wrong. She didn't come to be recognized by the group. I'm going to show you that in a minute. She did not come to be recognized by anybody. All she wanted to do was to come to the feet of the master. So she could serve. That is the only thing she felt like she could do in her condition. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so now look at verse 38. And let's talk about her position. Because a lot of times when we read the word of God, we fill in details that sometimes are not really there based on our imagination. I want to point out that in verse 38, the Bible says that when the woman came, she stood at his feet behind him. Why is this significant? Because in the Jewish culture, when people ate, they sat down. Look at verse 36 one more time. We'll, we'll try to solidify this. Look at the end of that verse. The Bible says that Jesus came to the Pharisee's house and what? Sat down to meet. Look at verse 37. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat. And so Jesus was sitting down with his feet behind him. And the woman came and stood Behind, I need, I need to illustrate. Come, 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 right here, right here. Sit down on your knees. Put your feet, my, this is, so Jesus sat down to eat. Comfortable. A lot of times in our minds, we have seen this woman do this. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that she did this. And if we look at the rest of the scripture, she eventually got here. In order to wipe his feet with her tears and her hair, she had to come down. Verse 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43. 
For all of those verses, Jesus didn't even look at her. <laughs> Woo-wee. The entire time, all she did was stay behind him. She wouldn't even tap him on the shoulder and say, can you turn around so I can attend to you? All she wanted to do was stay in the background to try to serve him. And some people would say, well, that was just disgusting. Why would she stay behind him? Because she knew who she was. She didn't put on a front. She didn't play games. She didn't try to be more than what she was. She knew she was a sinner and she wasn't worthy to look at his face. The only thing that she knew she could do was stoop down at his feet. The part of the body which had walked through all of the muddy streets and we know according to the scripture, that at the time when she came, Jesus' feet were still muddy because he called out to Simon later and said, Simon, you didn't give me any water to wash my feet. So this woman just didn't come there, praise the Lord, again, with form and formality. Uh, Jesus' feet were muddied with travel, and yet she got close enough to his feet for her tears to fall there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She got down low enough to where her hair could be used as a towel to dry. She broke the precious ointment in the box, poured it, mixing it with her brokenness and sought to take the mud and perhaps the dung and all of the other dirt that was on Jesus' feet and wash it away. She was completely humble. Let the church say amen. And so, as she poured out herself before God, then verse 44 took place. After Simon had gotten somewhat offended, because you know you're, you're, you're always going to have somebody that knows better. You're always going to have somebody that thinks that they uh, need to correct and bring things back into protocol. You always have somebody that wants to maintain the status quo. And I'm not preaching against order because order is of God. I'm talking about this self-righteousness of religiosity that makes people look good. But on the inside, they're still wicked. I'm talking about that kind of spirit and mentality that, that wants to dress up like everything is all right. Praise the Lord. When in reality, there's a lot that is wrong. I'm talking about those people that come to church and want to convince you about how saved they are. When in reality, they need to be on their face on the altar crying out to God. Praise There's always somebody that wants to stand up in the chief seat and make sure everything goes as they want it to go. But praise the Lord, I thank God that Jesus said, all you need to do is come unto me. I don't care how you come, amen, in terms of your outward manifestation. I look at the heart. Isn't that what the Bible says? Amen. That we look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart, praise the Lord. Some of you well-dressed church folk will leave out of here bound. But if somebody comes in here, amen, broken down with humility, wanting to give themselves to Jesus, they will leave here delivered. All right, now I'm starting to feel it. And if some of you church folk that are all dressed up would get rid of your form and would humble yourself before God, you could leave here delivered. 
you leave here better than just looking and smelling nice, but you would be pleasing to God on the inward man. Let the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be acceptable in the sight of God. Let the church say amen. Oh, it is time for us to allow the Lord to search the motives and intentions of our heart. Thank you, Holy Ghost, because a lot of people put on a good front, amen, but they're still cursing and swearing. A lot of people put on a good front, but they still have an evil eye. A lot of people put on a good front, amen, but they still can't treat their neighbor right. A lot of people put on a good front, amen, but they still can't do right by God when they're by themselves. A lot of people put on a good front, but they're still watching pornography. They're still fornicating. They're still drinking and smoking, but they come into church like everything is all right. You, my friend, need to humble yourself. And don't even count yourself worthy to come face to face with this God. All you need to do is like the publican did. See, that Pharisee in that particular passage of Scripture came to pray stood up there with his religious nose turned up and began to rattle off all of his religious credentials. I pray this much, I fast this much, and oh, by the way, I'm grateful that I'm not like that sinner. But the publican, I believe the scripture said he just stood a little ways off. Smote himself on the breast. No doubt buried his chin in his chest and said, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Who left more justified? The publican because he was broken. And what we need to do is ask the Lord, search me. <laughs> Search me out, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Because sometimes I think things that aren't right. I, I think that the man of God is against me. I think that the people of God don't want to see me prosper. Sometimes the devil deceives me to think that you're not for me. Lord, I need you to know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way in me. What you mean, David? I thought you were saved. That don't mean nothing if your heart is not right. You receiving the Holy Ghost one day. Amen. Praise the Lord is great. But you need to daily check yourself to make sure that my heart is right. For the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And let him that is holy be holy still. Let him that's filthy be filthy still. And whatever state you fall down in, that's the state you'll be in for eternity. If you died with anger in your heart, if you died with hatred in your heart, if you died holding a grudge against your brother and sister, if you died not loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you ain't going to lift up your eyes in glory. But if you died with a heart turned to God, daily crying out, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitudes of thy tender mercy, blot out my transgression. Lord, I want you to wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. I want to be scrubbed down. Oh, God, give me your word to get in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, and scrub me 
down. If you've got a spiritual brittle pad, take it to my heart and scrub me. If you've got a sponge, scrub me. Lord, whatever you've got, scrub me until I am clean every whit. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me because against thee and thee only have I sinned. I know I'm preaching to somebody today and done this evil in thy sight. So you can be justified when you speak and clear when you judge. I was shaping in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. But you desire truth in the inward part. And in the hidden part you'll make me to know wisdom. So purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Lord, I want you to wash me. I wish I had somebody in here that was broken and not full of pride. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide not thy sin, face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Woo. And renew a right spirit. In other words, a constant spirit. That's what the word right means in Psalm 51 and 10. A constant spirit. In other words, make me consistent again with you in relationship and fellowship. Because if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Create, Lord, in me. Notice that he said create and not renew. Why? Because David, in the context of Psalm 51, felt like his heart was beyond salvaging. Why? Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? When David was able to see the degradable nature of his heart, he said, Lord, throw it away and give me a new one. Make me over again. If I have to go on the wheel and you got to smash me down, go ahead and do it. I want to be new. I don't want any remnant of the old to still be hanging around. That's why the Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things have become David said, cast me not away from thy presence. This is the scary part about some people who say that they follow Jesus. <clears throat> when they determine that they don't really need him to survive. David didn't want to be cast away from the presence of God. See, he valued God's presence. Some people don't care if God's not with them because they feel like they can make it on their own. They haven't heard the scripture that said, in him we live and move and have our being. See, everything that we are comes from God. Everything that we become comes from God. If we are anything in Christ, it is because he is the author and finisher of our faith. We have done nothing. I know that just gets in the mind of somebody because they want to walk around saying, I have made myself great. You sound like Lucifer. 
Lucifer said, I'm going to make myself like the most high. I'm going to exalt myself. Amen. Lucifer didn't even have the right perspective of who he was. Because if you read later in Isaiah, the Bible says that when people are cast down to hell, they're going to look at that same Lucifer and say, was this the man? Was this the one? That caused me to lose my mind. In other words, they're going to be sorely disappointed in the appearance of Satan. Uh-huh. I want you to think about that for a moment. For the devil coming to your mind telling you there's a better pasture for you to feed in. See, what he didn't tell you is that that greener pasture that looks green over there, that's just turf. That's all that is. That's just turf. That, that's the kind of stuff you can pull up. Ain't nothing, there's nothing real there. You can try to eat turf if you want to, but you have a bunch of plastic in your mouth. And a lot of folk are leaving the true church of God to go to some other church to eat a bunch of spiritual plastic. They're not getting the good word of God. They're not getting good grass. They're not feeding aside to still waters. They got a bunch of plastic. Plastic is fake, ain't it? Oh, God Almighty. So you keep eating all that plastic and you become more and more fake on the inside. You keep on putting more and more layers on, more and more fronts, more and more uh, things to hide behind to really try to mask how terrible you are. But David said, don't let me go away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. I can't live without you, Jesus. I, 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 you know, I really wish that we thought that way. That we cannot live, we cannot survive. I'm talking about spiritually and naturally <clears throat> without him. Now, I find this interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, Joseph, I'm jumping around the Bible here now, but y'all just follow me if you can. Joseph lived in a time before Mosaic law. Is that true? Moses was born after Joseph. So there were no Ten Commandments when Joseph was alive. Is that right? There was no Mount Sinai. The only thing that Joseph had to go on was the instruction of his father. We know there was no Holy Ghost back then. Not as an indwelling spirit. So when Joseph got into a precarious situation where the woman in Proverbs chapter 7 showed up. Because that's who showed up. Potiphar's wife had that spirit of the woman in Proverbs chapter 7. <clears throat> Husband gone away with a bag of money. Going to come back at an appointed time. Let's, let, I've prepared everything for the fornication ceremony. The adultery. All we have to do is take our fill of love until the morning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and, and he was stupid enough to do it in Proverbs chapter 7. But Joseph wasn't that way. No Mosaic law. No Holy Ghost. What did Joseph have? The only thing he had was a love for God. No father around. Mother was dead. Brothers hated him. The master that brought him in, he wasn't there. What did Joseph have to keep him? Love for God. So how are we going to get away? Mm-hmm. How are we going to justify disobeying God 
with everything that we have in this last day, how are we going to be able to justify ourselves against somebody like Joseph? Who with nothing that we have was able to flee youthful lust. There were no 2 Timothy 2 and 22 back then. But love for God allowed the revealed word of God that would come thousands of years later to actually come into fruition in his heart at that moment. See, and here's the point. When you love God, you'll do whatever you have to do to stay with God. You'll really internalize what Paul said. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Some people say, you know, I just, I wonder if I'm really going to be able to go through all the tests and all the trials. I wonder if anything will separate me. I'm telling you right here, right now, as firm as I'm standing on the authority of the word of God, that if you love him, nothing will ever separate you. Because the Bible says if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. You'll always do what pleases him if you love him. If you really love him, you will obey him. Let the church say amen. amen. All right, I'm almost finished here. Come back with me to this woman. I'm, I'm almost finished. The woman was broken down. She didn't even want to look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. She had that same spirit that we were just quoting from in Psalm 51. She, she wanted to be with Jesus. That's all she wanted. She wanted to be with him. And so after this, this parable that Jesus gives to Simon to straighten him and his attitude out, then the Bible says in verse 44, are you with me? He turned to the woman. <clears throat> that was the first time that he looked at her since she came in. And all the while, while she was washing his feet, she ne he never looked at her. But now, seeing the brokenness, hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, God. You know, coming to the Lord to give our life to him is not as complicated as people make it. All it takes is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. The Bible says God will not look down on that. He will not despise that. If you, if you come, forget about the person next to you. It's not about them. This is between you and God. You, you, I mean, you, you, you can go, you know some people are going to go to hell because they were more worried about what other people thought about them than what Jesus thought about them. Some people are literally going to go to the fire because they didn't want to appear to be less in people's eyes. But the moment you get over that pride, the moment you drop that pride, you will have a wide open lane to the throne. The throne of grace. Where you, at the throne of grace, there is mercy. I mean, what, what else can you be looking for? But mercy, what else could you want from God than for God to say, even though you deserve it, I'm not going to give it to you. Even though you had it coming, I'm not going to let it touch you. Even though judgment is looming over you, I'm going to allow my mercy to be an umbrella to shield you. In reality, I'm going to step in the spot that you were in. I take the judgment, you get the mercy. Uh -huh. 
Jesus said, I'll take the judgment. Now, isn't that just interesting? That Jesus, with no sin, got all the judgment. And we, who with much sin, got all the mercy. How is it possible? Because God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believeth in him. You won't die in your sin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How many glad that Jesus took the penalty? You won't die in your sin. If you believe in Jesus. This is what Jesus saw in the woman. Look at verse 50. Jesus said to the woman, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith hath saved thee. I don't got much energy left, but I got enough for that. Your faith hath saved thee. Woo-wee. Now you can go in peace. Now you can have the peace of God and have peace with God. Because you had a mind to believe on me. And if Jesus said, if you believe on me as the scripture has said, <laughs> something's going to happen to you. Oh, oh, you, oh, you're not just going to sit there and, 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 and just wave your hand and everything going to be all right. When you really believe on Jesus, the Bible said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Oh, there's going to be an experience that is undeniable that you won't be able to contain. There's going to be something that happens on the inside that you can't shut down. I know regular faucets have switches and you can turn those off. But Jesus said when this thing comes on you, when you believe on me as the scripture said, out of your belly, it's going to be a geyser. It's going to be like a hot spring. Praise the Lord. It's going to flow out of you rivers of living water. Some people just so cool in church. Right? I believe, I believe, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe. And that's all they get. If you really believe, you're going to start moving. If you really really believe, something's going to stir in you. Hmm? You're gonna, you, you will feel something like a rushing mighty wind, like a powerful river of righteousness flowing down from the throne of grace. When you believe and say, Lord, whatever I've got to do, I will come to you in sincerity, laying myself down and doing all that you have required. Lord, I give you myself I give you all that I have and whatever you want me to do I'll do it if you come that way here comes an anointing that'll come from the crown of your head to the sole and base of your feet I'm going to preach for five minutes here. Why will you get it? Because you know now you have been loosed from your sin. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said to the woman, your sins, which were many, they are forgiven. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The woman was there in that moment in time. 
Let me show you how quickly our God works. You don't need 12 steps. You don't need a month-long program. You don't need rehabilitation. You need an anointing. Come on and say amen. Jesus used the present tense of the infinitive to be. He said your sins, which are many, are forgiven. In other words, in the moment that I am speaking, your sins are there. But as I continue to speak my word, your sins are gone. That quickly. And that's how quickly Jesus can deliver you from your sin. The moment you throw up your hands and say, Lord, have mercy. I wish I could preach it here. Have mercy on me. The moment you say it from your heart, Jesus will come down and touch you. Somebody say, he touched me and all the joy that filled my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me. Do I have anybody in here that's been touched by the Lord? Has he touched you? I said, has he touched you? If he touched you, lift your hands and shout yeah mm, Jesus turn to your neighbor and say neighbor Jesus can do it in an instant turn to somebody and say neighbor Jesus can do it in an instant he'll pick you up today he'll turn you around today he'll plant your feet today on solid ground he'll bless your soul he'll anoint you he'll heal you he'll strengthen you right now right now right now shout yeah 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 <laughs> Woo! somebody said God has a blessing for you you can have it all you got to do is reach out and grab it. When you believe, when you repent, the kingdom of heaven will be revealed in you. The Holy Ghost. Oh, jeez. The Holy Ghost will fall. The Holy Ghost will fall. The Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Get a hold of you. Get in your hands. Get in your feet. Get in your mouth. Get in your soul. Get all over you. Holy Ghost. Fire. Holy Ghost. Fire. Shout Shout yeah! Shout yeah! Shout yeah! I've been loosed. I said I've been loosed from my sin. I'm not a sinner anymore because I believed on Jesus. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You need to be baptized in water in the name of the Lord. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous runneth into it and is safe. You need to be immersed, put all the way down. For we are buried with him by baptism. 
baptism in the death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even we also should rise 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 to walk in the newness of life when you're baptized in the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus will cleanse your sin do I have a witness that the blood still works give your neighbor a high five and say the blood still works say the blood still works say the blood still works go across the aisle give somebody a high five and say the blood still works the blood still works the blood the blood the blood yeah the blood still works hallelujah hallelujah the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus still works still works still works yeah Somebody said, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. And I know, I know. Lift your hands and say, I know, I know it was the blood for me oh yeah Woo. If you open your heart today, you'll get an anointing. How many of y'all need an anointing? After all that good preaching we got from Bishop, how many want a fresh anointing? How many want a fresh anointing to fall on you until you can get out of yourself, until you can lose yourself, get drunk in the Holy Ghost all over again. Say, Lord, fall on me. Lord, Lord, fall on me. Anointing, anointing, anointing. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. I got one more shot. Lift your hands and say, Lord, loose me. Oh, God. Say, Lord, loose me. Loose me. Loose my feet so I can dance. Loose my hands so I can clap. Loose my mouth so I can declare my victory is on the way. Loose me. Loose me. Loose me till I get out of my seat. Loose me. Me, till I can run. Loose me till I can dance. Loose me till I can jump. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Loose me. Loose me. Loose me. Loose me.